Good morning and welcome to Kale and Company Live here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com for a Monday. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. Hope everyone had a terrific weekend. If you're a fan of the New England Patriots, you were rewarded with an unexpected victory uh, yesterday. Patriots snapping their three-game losing streak, beating the Buffalo Bills 29-25. Mac Jones, maybe his uh, finest game uh, in his three-year tenure as quarterback of the New England Patriots, Jones hitting Mike Jazicki, the tight end, for a one-yard touchdown pass, uh, putting the Patriots ahead with 12 seconds to go in the ball game after Buffalo had taken a three-point lead with just under two minutes to go. Great drive engineered by Mac Jones, uh, uh, you know, completed by that uh, pass to uh, Jazicki. You know, it was uh, tight ends Sunday. Yesterday was being celebrated. They were talking about this on the NFL telecasts uh, yesterday. It was a tight end Sunday, and tight ends certainly played a factor in that win with Mike Trzecki of the Patriots catching the winning touchdown pass. And uh, Travis Kelsey had uh, another great game for the Kansas City Chiefs in their win yesterday as uh, Trzecki uh, and uh, and Travis Kelsey and other tight ends, uh, uh, Goddard of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles had a, had a good game as well. So tight ends celebrated uh, their special day in great style, and uh, even Taylor Swift was on hand to uh, to root for uh, her her uh, uh, friend uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey in their win over the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. But uh, fun day around the NFL. If you didn't stay up. Uh, uh, late for the uh, Sunday night football game, uh, the Eagles beat the Dolphins 31-17 to in uh, Sunday night football. But before that, uh, yesterday, I had the chance to emcee uh, a, a banquet I look forward to, and a lot of people do, uh, every year. The New Hampshire Legends of Hockey a Hall of Fame induction ceremony, five inductees, uh, yesterday, and congratulations to them, uh, Walter Nado of uh, Berlin, and the late Paul Camo was uh, honored uh, from uh, Nottingham, Dave Caron of uh, Belmont, Mike, uh, I should say Mick Mounsey, Mick Mounsey of Concord, former member of the Concord High Crimson Tide, had a, a, a game-winning goal in a state championship game uh, for Concord against uh, Bishop Girton. And uh, had the opportunity to do something that uh, very few high school players have a chance to do. And that is play on the same hockey team at the high school level with his sister Tara. And uh, yesterday they became the first brother and sister uh, combination to both be in the Hall of Fame, the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey Hall of Fame, which is an online Hall of Fame, by the way. There is no physical structure to uh, visit the artifacts or the plaques or anything like that. Uh, it, it would be a great thing if there was, 
but there is at the time at this time uh, no physical uh, Hall of Fame. It's uh, it's all online. If you want to read the bios of all the inductees, it's right there. Legends of Hockey, and uh, also the hit of the uh, the hit of the proceedings yesterday uh, was a gentleman by the name of Nelson Hutchings, born in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, and uh, he has, for 45 years, up until last year, last year was his final season, but for 45 years, he, he kept the clock, he uh, did the score sheet, he made sure all the local newspapers on the seacoast were notified of the happenings of the Rochester Men's Hockey League. He did it up until last year, folks, and on July 25th of this year, he celebrated his 100th birthday, and he was inducted into the Legends Hall of Fame yesterday. And uh, he was the hit of the hit of the day for sure. I mean, uh, I had the the honor of introducing him, and uh, uh, he he was. I, I interviewed him before the uh, before the event. Uh, in a wheelchair, he's in great spirits, very articulate guy. Uh, he had help in getting up to the stage, but he stood behind that podium, read his acceptance speech, and the crowd went wild. They really did. I mean, that was, the, the I think, the best and most emotional uh, moment of the day when uh, Mr. Hutchings was up behind the podium uh, reading his acceptance speech and did a great job at can you imagine 100 years old? He was terrific. He, he really, really was, and, uh, and and so thrilled to be uh, to be honored yesterday. I know he was thrilled. Uh, you know, when you are inducted, uh, you receive a ring, uh, and uh, he he put it right on. He was so thrilled uh, to be honored by the uh, New Hampshire Legends of Hockey. It was just a a very moving moment, and uh, everyone there on their feet, and uh, he he was uh, he was great, really terrific. So, another great ceremony in the books, thanks to the uh, uh, the great uh, driving force behind this whole thing, Jim Hayes, who puts uh, puts it together and does a terrific job uh, every year. Guest speaker yesterday was uh, Brian Murphy, a New Hampshire native from the Seacoast, who uh, officiated for 32 years in the National Hockey League, both as a linesman and a referee. And very few have actually done that. Uh, you know, normally it's, a, you know, you're either a linesman or you're a referee. But he did both during his 32 years uh, in the National Hockey League. And now he's the head of officials for Hockey East, and uh, enjoying that job. But, uh, man, what a day it was. It was great to see uh, Mick Mounsey being able to uh, join his sister Tara as a legend of hockey in New Hampshire. And, uh, again, they were the first uh, brother and sister combo, uh, both to be uh, inducted. Tara went in uh, uh, quite a while ago. And uh, Tara is working as a medical coordinator uh, for the Celtics. She is a, a nurse practitioner, and uh, she is uh, working with the Boston Celtics as uh, uh, a, a liaison for them with the, the hospital that she uh, works at, 
in Boston. So uh, she's doing uh, very, very well. Always good to see uh, Tara Mounsey and the entire Mounsey family. So a terrific day, though. Everyone had a, a terrific time, and uh, hats off again to uh, Jim Hayes, who works uh, very hard in uh, putting this together. A lot of work goes on behind the scenes to uh, to pull it off, and uh, just happy to be a very small part of it. Uh, today, by the way, is National Boston Cream Pie Day. If you like those Boston cream pies, this is your day. Uh, it's TV Talk show host day. Not sure if they have a radio talk show host day. Uh, National Paralegal Day. National iPod Day. Does anybody have an iPod anymore? I don't know. I had one at one time, but quite a while ago. Uh, and uh, today is also National Croc Day, like the croc you the crocs you wear on your feet. And uh, that's what we're commemorating today. On uh, this uh, 23rd day of October, uh, yesterday, uh, uh, a birthday that may mean uh, something to uh, many of our listeners, yesterday was a, uh, <clears throat> a milestone birthday for our good friend, the incomparable Peter St. James, celebrated yesterday. And uh, I know this morning he was uh, sitting out on uh, his deck in Warner Enjoying his cup of coffee, and uh, all is well in, in the world of the uh, incomparable uh, Peter St. James. So, a fun weekend in sports, uh, and uh, John Leahy's going to join us in just a short time and bring us up to date about all the happenings uh, in Hockey East. It was a very good weekend for his team, a uh, pretty good weekend for the UNH Wildcats. By the way, the uh, Wildcats were well represented at uh, yesterday's Hall of Fame banquet uh, in Concord as former head coach, longtime head coach Dick Umilly was there. Uh, current head coach Mike Souza was there. And uh, uh, Jeff Giuliano, former member of the uh, Manchester Monarchs and now an assistant at uh, UNH, was on hand for the banquet and had a chance to talk with them and uh, very excited coming off a, a Saturday win over the defending national champion Quinnipiac Bobcats that we will talk about in just a few minutes with John Leahy, our Hockey East guru here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It is Kale and Company Live, and we are presented proudly by Northeast Delta Dental. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Joining us, as he will all season long at this time on a Monday, is our good friend and Hockey East guru, John Leahy. John, welcome back to the broadcast. Great to have you with us. Ken, it's always a pleasure. I I always truly look forward to uh, having the opportunity to speak with you. And I just want to let you know that I not only still have an iPod, but I have two iPods. Oh, come on. You're yeah. the one. You're the one. <laughs> you know, to, to have the ability to have music in your pocket is uh, the greatest revolution ever made. So there you I, go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how, how many tunes do you have on, on your iPods? Uh, I have a ton of them. You know, I, being a, countless. Being the mu- yeah, being the music guy I am, I like to have uh, 
a large uh, array of music. So, um, yeah, I, I still have the iPod, and I use it frequently. Well, there, there you go. I, I didn't know if they were still in use by anybody, but now we know. The rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. You know, I was mentioning the, the fact that yesterday was uh, the uh, the big banquet for the uh, induction of new members of the New Hampshire uh, Legends of Hockey Hall of Fame. And uh, there was a gentleman there by the name of Nelson Hutchings, who just turned 100 uh, in July. And he was inducted yesterday. He worked with the Rochester Men's Hockey League for... Uh, 45 years and just just gave it up at the end of last season, 100 years old. And, John, he said the, the key to his longevity was a great breakfast, which he makes for himself uh, every morning. And he gave me all the details of what he had for breakfast, like three eggs over easy and bake, yep. bacon and toast and all, everything, and a good breakfast and Manhattans. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that's well, that that seems like a winning formula to me. I mean, if that's if that's what if that's what it takes to to be a hundred years old, uh, sign, sign me up, right? Yeah, really, really. But he was very spry, very well spoken, and uh, he he was really the hit of the day. He he really was, and uh, got got to see some uh, some great hockey people there uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, Joe Bertania was there yesterday. Yeah, Joe, uh, he's he's a guy we know very well from all his time as being commissioner of Hockey East. And, you know, if there's a big hockey event around, you can pretty much be assured that Joe will be there. Yeah, former commissioner of Hockey East. You know, he's getting the Lester Patrick Award, which is about uh, the highest hockey honor you can get. That is really yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well-deserved. Joe's been around the game a long, long time. He's, his contributions to the game are endless, and I'm really happy to see that uh, he's getting the rewards that he deserves. Yeah, and uh, he's being inducted into the uh, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame uh, in, in December in Boston. So uh, uh, the honors are really coming Joe's way these days. Yeah, it's great. He's also the current commissioner of the Eastern Hockey League, which is the league the Bridgewater Bandits. Oh, there you go. And, uh, in fact, I'm headed down to Bridgewater in just a little bit to do a game today at noontime. So wow. I'm hoping to... I'm hoping to run into Joe uh, at the rink uh, still yeah. when he's uh, yeah. in the area. Yep. Had a chance to chat with him uh, briefly yesterday be- before the banquet. It was, a, it was a great time. John, one of these years, we're going to get you up to the banquet. Oh, I'd love to go. Yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's a tremendous event, and, and any time hockey can be celebrated in advance, it's something I always enjoy being a part of. Yesterday, uh, UNH was uh, well represented. Dick Umilly was on hand. And uh, Mike Souza, the current head coach of the Wildcats, was there, and one of his assistants, and former Monarch Jeff Giuliano was there uh, as well, among others. And the Wildcats well represented because uh, one of their own, Mick Mounsey from Concord, was uh, inducted uh, yesterday into the uh, into the Hall of Fame. So it was it was a great day, and uh, John, you would have enjoyed it. You would have really enjoyed it yesterday. But yeah, I know, absolutely. but I know you were busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I absolutely, do. I absolutely miss Dick Humilly. Uh, Dick was uh, one of the great, great uh, legends of the game, and we always enjoyed talking to him. And I know Dick uh, continues to make uh, appearances at hockey events, and uh, the hockey world is 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 wonderful for for having him in it. And I'm glad to see he's still getting out and around. Oh yeah, and uh, it, it was a terrific day all the way around. And uh, one of these years, John, my goal is to get you to one of those banquets. 
Oh, that's great. I'd love to be a part of it. Yeah, all right. But uh, you had a game yesterday and a, a very successful uh, one for your Merrimack Warriors. And Merrimack with a uh, nice 5-2 to two win over St. Lawrence. It was a close game through 20 minutes, but the Warriors were able to break through in the third period. They scored uh, four goals to pull away, and that capped a pretty successful weekend for Merrimack as they uh, won both of their games. They had a hard-fought win over Clarkson on Friday night, and then they come back uh, to beat St. Lawrence, and uh, those two wins were very welcomed because the Warriors began the year with a couple of losses out at Arizona State, but the home cooking was great. Merrimack got to, to play for the first time in the updated and renovated Lawler rink, oh. and uh, we, we had a lot of fun, and Merrimack will hope to continue that uh, when they go to Northeastern on Saturday. And that'll be a test uh, for sure, as it always is. Uh, no doubt about that. And uh, the UNH Wildcats had a couple of non-conference games as well, uh, both against the defending national champs, the Quinnipiac Bobcats, and the uh, Wildcats came away with a split. Yeah, I'm really impressed with what UNH has done so far. You know, they knock off BU, the number one team in the country, and then the national champions come to town. And, you know, they lost the first game on Friday night, but, uh, you know, I didn't see the game, but... I heard that, uh, you know, the game was tied late, yeah. and uh, the Bobcats were able to break through and get the win, but the UNH bounces back on, on Saturday with a huge overtime win over Quinnipiac, so uh, a lot of excitement for the Wildcats, and, uh, you know, when I look at the hockey's men's standings this morning, the UNH Wildcats stand alone uh, in first place. Of course, they, there's only been one hockey's league game, but, uh, you know, Mike Souza has uh, generated a lot of excitement with that Wildcat team, and of course they've got Northeastern Thursday night coming up, so always a test there, but they have Dartmouth as well, so uh, hopefully the Wildcats can continue to use home cooking and uh, continue their success. Great start for UNH. Yeah, no no doubt about that under uh, Coach Mike Souza. And uh, John, what else happened in the, the men's uh, Hockey East over the weekend? Well, I'll tell you, the Hockey East men, uh, they all played non-league games, and the league was 12 and 4 wow uh, against uh, these non-league opponents which is huge for the pairwise implications later on in the year but uh, you know kudos to UMass they go out to Minnesota state and win a couple of games including a one nothing shutout on uh, saturday uh, you know UMass Lowell had a fine week they uh, picked up a sweep on the road at Colgate uh, so uh, good for the uh, Riverhawks and uh, also, you know, Merrimack with those two wins. Uh, UConn had a split. BU uh, went out to Notre Dame and thrashed the Notre Dame Fighting Irish uh, by a score of 8-2. to two. BU led 8-1 to one after uh, two periods in that game. Uh, uh, Boston College had a split. They lost to a very good Denver team on Saturday after uh, beating RPI. But uh, Providence continues to play well. The Friars won both of their games, and they've won four out of five. So, uh, yeah, it's great. You know, we had three teams idle. Uh, Vermont, Maine, and Northeastern, but a uh, great weekend uh, for the league as they were 12-4, and four, and uh, we're happy to see that. Yeah, Northeastern's just waiting for UNH and Merrimack to come along. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> Wildcats and the Terriers Thursday night at the Whittemore Center. You can uh, see that game on uh, ESPN+. Plus. My good friend Laura Stickles, I know, will be doing uh, the sideline reporting for that game, and uh, i got to send a shout-out to Tyler Murray, who did a a bang-up job on the Wildcats uh, game against Quinnipiac uh, this weekend. So, uh, great job all around, and uh, 
Hopefully, the Hockeys can continue their success. Tyler, of course, the uh, longtime uh, New Hampshire Fisher Cats uh, media relations director and broadcaster now works uh, for the uh, the Worcester Red Sox, the Woo Sox, and does uh, quite a bit on uh, ESPN3 uh, as well, as John uh, pointed out. Uh, what about the women's side, John? Yeah, uh, on the uh, women's side, Ken, uh, last week, uh, women uh, struggled a little bit. Vermont uh, sweeping Merrimack. Uh, Catamounts are coming into uh, North Andover and picking up a uh, four to two, uh, a pair of four to two wins. Uh, Boston College had a nice week. The Eagles had a win and a tie. You had a, a bunch of teams that split: UConn, Providence, and Maine, all with uh, splits. Holy Cross with a loss and a tie, and uh, BU had a win and a loss. And uh, Northeastern lost the only game they played, while uh, Merrimack got swept. And uh, UNH with a split uh, this past weekend. And the uh, Wildcats will head up to Burlington, Vermont this weekend. They'll play the Vermont Catamounts in a two-game set. Ken, this uh, Vermont team is going to be very good. Uh, the Catamounts showed us just how uh, good they are uh, this past weekend. As uh, They rallied on Saturday. They were down 2-1 to one and uh, came back and beat Merrimack 4-2. to two. So Vermont's always a tough place to play, and uh, those, those should be two great games. Absolutely so, and uh, Northeastern isn't getting off to the great start that they normally get off to. Well, the Wildcats, uh, the uh, Terriers rather, uh, Huskies, I'm sorry, are 2-1 in the league, 6-3 and three overall, and uh, they'll try to right the ship when they have Holy Cross this weekend, home and away. All right. Well, John Leahy, uh, thanks so much, as always, for updating us on the happenings of Hockey East, and uh, have a good call today. Ken, I appreciate it. It's always wonderful talking to you. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Very good. Thanks, Ken. John Leahy, Hockey East guru here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We'll take a quick break, and we will talk with the head coach of football at the University of New Hampshire, Rick Santos, right after these words. Kale and Company continues on WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back, Kale and Company live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And we welcome back to the show the head coach of football at the University of New Hampshire, Rick Santos. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, Ken. Always great to have you with us, especially uh, coming off a victory, a 45-14 road win over Stony Brook on uh, Saturday. And Wildcats now... Four and three. Your thoughts on that victory? Yeah, you know what? I was I was happy with the guys. It's always tough to get a win on the road in this conference. Uh, trying to build a little bit of momentum. First time all year we won back to back games, and obviously we've talked early in the year after we had some heartbreakers. So the biggest thing for me is we were able to get a lead early and extend it, uh, and finally put a team away. You know, we've had a lot of close ones so far. So um, you know, we got the momentum early that they drove down and actually had a really nice opening drive. Attempted to kick the, the field goal that would have gave him some momentum. We had a big field goal block, returned it for about 25 yards, and then three plays later, uh, Max Brosmer hit Joey Corcoran for a long touchdown. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just kind of kept the gas pedal down after that. So really happy with uh, the way we were able to put up points again. And then defensively, you know, very strong effort, shutting them out in the second half. You know, we gave up a few long passes in the first half, but I thought they regrouped at halftime. Uh, tackled extremely well, took to the coaching, and, uh, yeah, great effort all around. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh, quite a day for your quarterback, Max Brosmer. Yeah, he was efficient. Um, you know, I think he was, what, 28 of 39, 
330 something yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers. The, the best thing about it, he's distributing the football. Um, seven or eight different guys had receptions, which is huge for us. I think it keeps defenses off balance. Um, and, you know, we got to give credit to the big guys up front. I think anytime you throw the ball that much and you don't record a sack, obviously those guys are blocking their tails off and doing what they need to do. So, uh, yeah, I just. He's seen the field really well right now, Ken. He's he's a great kid, great young man to coach. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, you know, you guys have been uh, racking up the points. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, last week you had some things to uh, to clean up uh, during the course uh, of the week at practice. Uh, and I guess you were uh, successful in doing that. Yeah, you know, it's just a testament to the senior leadership, and um, you know, it's one of those things where. You find creative ways to say it over and over again how important practice is and trust the process and go. But it's so true. You know, you have to just continually work on some of the things that you're deficient at. Um, and hopefully by the end of the year, some of your early season weaknesses become your strength. And then you can kind of hone in on what you've done well and continue to build upon those things as well. So always, always striving to get better. Uh, and it starts, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in practice. And those guys are doing a great job. Was that your best defensive effort of the season? I think so. Yeah, you know, Stony Brook had some really good skill players. Um, you know, they had some guys that could really run and catch, and, you know, their quarterback had a big-time arm. So uh, we kind of kept him in the pocket. You know, we, we only sacked him twice, but I think we had eight QB hits. So he was under duress all night. Really good job by the front seven. I thought it was great scheme, you know, defensively by, by Coach Garrett Gillick and kind of how he mixed up coverage, kind of kept the – kept them off off balance a bit. And then our guys, you know, like I said, I think the biggest thing, we've missed some tackles early in the year. We did a really good job wrapping up and kind of limiting some of those explosive plays on the ground as well. And uh, late in that first half, you uh, pulled off one of those trick plays. Took, pulled <laughs> yes. that one out of your sleeve, huh? That was, that was fun. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a speed option. It wasn't the exact look we're, we were hoping for, but we felt like in real time looking at the uh, – you know, special teams coordinator myself kind of assessed it, and we thought we were going to be able to get to the edge, so we, we end up calling it. Yeah, I mean, usually those are situations where we're going to be aggressive, we're going to go for it on offense. Uh, we felt like maybe we could sneak one in there. Uh, it was a good acting job by the offense. You know, they, they coaching point was to walk off the field and look dejected, look, look pissed off, so it worked out well. Yeah, it looked like uh, on the film to me that it was uh, you know pretty pretty well executed, and uh, and it's always fun to see one of those those trick plays, and you guys executed it uh, very well. How how often in in practice do, do you work on things like that? So each week we usually have one or two gimmicky things. Now whether the the flow of the game calls for us to actually use it, or maybe you know schematically the opposing team completely changes what they were doing and the look is no longer valid those sort of things always kind of weigh into it but you know we'll, we'll practice it multiple times a week and usually we, we carry some sort of you know on, on each unit kind of has one thing and just a matter of if we can get it called or not and, and how do you know uh when when the best time to use it would be i mean what how, how, you know is it that's, you know the defenses you see you line up during the course of, of the game or, or how do you how do you call it yeah, that's a great question. I mean, usually you, you kind of um, you want to see if you can garner momentum naturally just by kind of running your, your base offense and defense and, and special team schemes. And then so you'd love to kind of get an assessment of what they're running, see if it checks out on kind of the self-scout and all the evaluation you did going into the week. And then if you get the look, 
you know, then you're always talking to Cody, hey, next time, what do you think about potentially going to this? Um, you know, and it's just one of those things where sometimes you just kind of roll the dice too, and you're like, hey, we haven't had a fake in a few weeks. Let's get something on tape, you know, so the other teams have to have to kind of try to work at that at practice as well. Well, it, this one uh, worked out. It was it was fun to watch, and a great victory for the Wildcats. Back-to-back wins, and now uh, you'll try to make it three in a row this coming Saturday at uh, URI, a, a real pivotal uh, conference game coming up. Certainly is. They're extremely talented. Um, you know, I, I know their record's four and four, but I mean, they were in a lot of close games. Um, you know, should have won their FBS game. Big, physically imposing offensive linemen. They got skill on both sides. Uh, I love their receiving core. Their quarterback plays at a high level. You know, he's done it for a while. Kasim Hill, really tough guy, hangs in there, has the arm talent you want, can throw it all over the field. And then defensively, I think they do a good job as anybody in the conference of mixing up coverages. You know, they their safeties are very smart. They're veteran guys. They've played for a long time. They do a really good job trying to bait you to think it's one coverage and then they'll rotate another. So obviously they're well coached. They play hard. Uh, we understand that they're going to be desperate. They need a win just as bad as we do. So, you know, this is going to be a hard-fought contest all the way through. Yeah, no no doubt about that. And who knows, Coach Santos and his staff may have more trick plays up their sleeves. You never know, right? <laughs> you, you never know. You know, you just never know. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of the game. And uh, how, how is the team uh, health-wise? Uh, that was a pretty physical game last week. We got a couple guys banged up a little bit. Hopefully we can get Max Oxine back. Uh, he had a little bit of an ankle sprain, you know, but we had a couple of our guys that got knocked out of the game and we'll reassess today and talk to our medical staff and our training staff and kind of see where they're at. Yeah, it was a good weekend uh, all the way around. The uh, the Wildcats win their game on the road against Stony Brook and even the Patriots won yesterday, Coach. That, that was something. That was incredible, yeah. I mean, never count Bill Belichick out in the New England Patriots. You know, it's just a matter of time before they figure it out offensively. And um, you knew they always had a kind of strong defense based on his mind. So it was just a matter of time. I was happy for him. And I get to give Coach McLaughlin, our special teams coordinator, some flack because he's a huge Buffalo Bills fan. So. <laughs> That's always a good thing, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I thought, uh, you know, as a yeah, former quarterback yourself, uh, I don't know how much of the game you saw yesterday, but I thought uh, Mac Jones played pretty well. I saw a little bit. Um, you know, Sundays typically when we kind of watch film with the, the guys get everything yeah. great. So I, I saw a little bit of it. Saw one of the, the, the last drive, um, you know, big-time play to kind of go there. So I think, you know, he's he's getting better. Yeah, Bill O'Brien's a really good offensive mind. I think he was just kind of trying to get those guys on the same page. And, yeah, hopefully that was a step in the right direction. That was big. Well, I say for, former quarter, quarterback, but once a quarterback, always a quarterback, right? That's it, Ken. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Rick Santos, uh, thanks so much uh, for being with us. Uh, as always on these Mondays, we appreciate it, and uh, we wish you all the best this week against uh, Rhode Island. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Take uh, care now. All right. Take care. Rick Santos, head coach of football at the University of New Hampshire with a big win over Stony Brook, 45-14. to on uh, Saturday afternoon, at the 1 o'clock kickoff, this one in Rhode Island on Saturday before the Wildcats return home again uh, against Villanova. Another big conference tilt on the 4th of November. One other note from that game on uh, Saturday, uh, redshirt freshman Colby Ramshaw uh, caught his second touchdown pass in as many weeks for the UNH Wildcats. So he is uh, he is coming along 
uh, spent most of last season uh, on the sidelines observing and uh, now uh, has caught uh, back-to-back touchdown passes uh, in uh, consecutive weeks. So there you have it. UNH on the right track. Hockey team had a big win Saturday night, too, over the defending national champion Quinnipiac, or as some people say, Quinnipiac. You say potato, I say potato, and we will take a break. You can ponder that while we take a short pause here in the proceedings, and we will be back right after these words. Kale and Company live on WKXLNHtalkradio.com, presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. And I'd like to have you with us on this Monday. And tomorrow we'll be welcoming back Neil Levesque after a long hiatus from this show. Neil's been a busy guy, of course, the primary right around the corner and uh, I have to ask Neil about this primary season. Kind of a very bizarre, I think, uh, primary campaign season with one candidate, former President Donald Trump, way out in front in the polls. And, uh, you know, so many people are challenging him still and uh, making the rounds around the state. Uh, but it's very unusual to have one candidate uh, so far in front uh, of the others, but the others still uh, making their cases to be the Republican uh, nominee in uh, 2024. So we'll see what unfolds, get Neil's take on it, because uh, I think it's as be- a bizarre a, a primary season as we have uh, ever seen. Of course, we're not going to see Joe Biden campaigning. Uh, in the state of New Hampshire, we may not see him campaigning anywhere. Uh, who knows? But uh, a lot of people these days, very much uh, anti-government, period, uh, regardless of party, Republican or Democrat. Many Americans, this is from uh, uh, the Associated Press, for many Americans, the Republican dysfunction uh, that has ground business in the U.S. House to a halt as two wars rage abroad and a budget crisis looms at home, is feeding into a longer-term pessimism about the country's core institutions. Uh, The lack of faith extends beyond Congress, with recent polling conducted both before and after the leadership meltdown, finding a mistrust in everything from the courts to organized religion. The GOP internal bickering that for nearly three weeks has left open the speaker's position, second in line to the presidency, by the way, after the vice president, is widely seen as the latest indication of deep problems with the nation's bedrock institutions. According to uh, Chris Lauf, 57, from Fargo, North Dakota, they're holding up the people's business because they are so dysfunctional. A part of that business, he said, is approving money for Ukraine to continue its fight against Russia's invasion, something he says ultimately helps the U.S. And that's a point that uh, President Biden stressed Thursday night during his Oval Office address. The disdain for Congress is just one area where Americans say they are losing faith. Various polls 
say the negative feelings include a loss of confidence or interest in institutions such as, such as organized religion, policing, the Supreme Court, and even banking. The turmoil in the House and the federal case against Democratic Senator Robert Menendez of New Jersey, who is facing charges for bribery, show that both major parties are contributing to the dour outlook. Now, the House has been without a permanent leader since early October after a very small cadre of right-wing Republicans pushed out a member of their own party. This has never happened before. Unprecedented. A speaker has never been tossed out of office. But that's no longer true. Kevin McCarthy was tossed out just because of those uh, six, maybe, uh, House Republicans who wanted McCarthy out of there. And the subsequent attempts to replace him have failed. Jim Johnson from Ohio, uh, Jim Jordan, I should say, Jim Jordan from Ohio, uh, was uh, trying for the House spot, the House Speaker spot, and he failed three times. And uh, people are saying, uh, including, uh, you know, some high-profile people, that uh, this is an example of exactly the kind of thing that... uh, we can say, can't foster trust of government among the American people. About half of adults, 53%, say they have hardly any confidence at all in the people running Congress. According to a poll from the Associated Press, NORC Center for Public Affairs Research, that was conducted in October. Uh, That's in line with 49% who said that in March, Just 3%—3%—have have a great deal of confidence in Congress virtually unchanged from March. About 4 in 10 adults, about 39%, have hardly any confidence in the executive branch of the federal government, compared with 44% in March. Most Republicans, 56%, have low levels of confidence in the executive branch, which is overseen by a member of the opposing party, Joe Biden, compared with just 20% of Democrats. So about a third of adults, 36%, say they have hardly any confidence in the conservative majority Supreme Court, a figure that has remained steady in recent months. Polling reinforces that Democrats are more likely than Republicans to say their confidence in the Supreme Court is low. That's because there's a uh, Republican majority in the Supreme Court. Black Americans are more likely than Americans overall, as well as more likely than white or Hispanic adults, to have hardly any confidence in the nation's highest court. One-third of U.S. adults 33% continue to have low levels of confidence in the Justice Department, with Republicans having less confidence than Democrats. This comes as former President Trump rails against the department after being charged with mishandling classified documents and attempts to overturn the 2020 election results. 
Uh, Rick Cartelli, who's a healthcare worker in Rocky Hill, Connecticut, who identifies as an independent, said he is happy with his local and state government, but the current environment, especially the chaos on Capitol Hill, has wiped out what little confidence he had in that institution. And he also said he has little confidence in the executive branch, citing what he says are mental lapses by Biden that are probably going to become more and more pronounced. That's uh, an independent speaking there from uh, Connecticut. Multiple AP NORC polls from earlier this year find that the uh, dearth of confidence is pervasive, spreading to organize religion. The government's intelligence gathering and diplomatic agencies, as well as financial institutions, slightly fewer than half, 45% in a study from AP NORC and uh, Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights, said they have little or no confidence that the news media, uh, news media is reporting news fully, accurately, and fairly. Views on the military were best, with just 17% saying they have hardly any confidence in it. So there you go. People are, are not happy out there. They're not happy. It's time for change. And uh, we will see what takes place in the primary. Coming up sometime in January, we don't know the exact date of it yet, but uh, maybe Neil Levesque can disclose that uh, tomorrow when he joins us uh, at the start of the program, and we'll talk more about these issues, the lack of confidence that people have uh, in Congress, in the FBI, in the Justice Department, in religion, in banking, you name it. People are not happy. They're not happy. Now, read uh, in Saturday's Concord Monitor, Ray Duckler's article on the Meals on Wheels program in the Concord area, and they are running short on drivers. The Meals, for, uh, Meals on Wheels program, great service to the elderly, uh, and they are running short on drivers right now. Uh, they do pay. It's not completely voluntary. It's uh, an hourly rate of ten sixty nine per hour, and Meals on Wheels is seeking drivers for their Concord area deliveries. So I have a number here. If you want to uh, jot it down, if you want to sign up, if you have a few free hours during the day, uh, you might want to look into it. Sign up to be a driver. Call 603-225-3295. And perhaps become uh, a driver for the uh, Meals on Wheels program uh, in Concord, and uh, you know, make make a little cash. I mean, it's uh, you know, ten sixty nine an hour, but uh, you, you'll uh, you know, be very satisfying to help out uh, our senior population. If you would like to get involved, have a few spare hours uh, during the day, and would like to be of service to others, that is your opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to John Leahy for his Hockey East update. To head coach Rick Santos of UNH Football, and thanks especially to you uh, for joining us here today on Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental with 
individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental CoversMe.com. Don't forget Neil Levesque tomorrow at 8.05 right here or thereabouts on Kale & Company. If you missed some of this program or just want to hear it again, tune in tonight right after 7 o'clock here on WKXL or uh, NHTalkRadio.com. Folks, always look on the bright side of life. Maybe it's difficult sometimes, but but try it anyway. And have a great Monday, everybody.